It's the Greasy Knuckles Podcast. From mini bikes to drift trikes and jet skis to ATVs, we're talking all things power sports from a do-it-yourself, non-mechanics perspective. I'm your host, Joe Cart. Let's get greasy. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Greasy Knuckles Podcast, Episode 2 titled, How Does an Engine Go Brap? And today we're going to be talking all about engines and what makes them so cool. We're going to do a little backstory, uh, talk about how engines actually produce power, and talk about some basic types of engines, carbs, fuel injection, uh, all sorts of fun stuff that really pertain to power sports that we're about to get into. So... Uh, buckle up and get ready for the ride because it's a good one. Uh, we're going to start out with the backstory, the brief history of engines. And the history of internal engines is kind of murky in its origins, uh, just like a lot of what we talk about. A culmination of ideas derived from steam power and the like attributed to the development of the internal combustion engine. And multitudes of experimental designs throughout the 19th century occurred before in 1876 a German engineer successfully developed and sold his four-stroke auto engine as it was called and less than a decade later the carburetor was invented making it possible to now use gasoline as a fuel at about the same time Carl Benz built a one-cylinder engine and put it in what many consider to be the first practical automobile so a lot happened in the 1870s uh, in terms of engines, but really what we want to know here is how does an engine actually work? And internal combustion really means many explosions of gasoline inside the cylinder. Uh, per Encyclopedia Britannica's website, in a piston and cylinder engine, the pressure produced by combustion of gasoline creates a force on the head of a piston that moves the length of the cylinder in a reciprocating or back and forth motion. This force drives the piston away from the head of the cylinder and puts out power. Which really brings us to suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Most fun way to explain how engines actually work and honestly the most simple. Uh, the engine sucks in a mixture of fuel and air, then squeezes it together or compresses it, then it burns or explodes that with a bang. And finally, it blows out the exhaust. Thus, suck, squeeze, bang, blow. And to really understand how this occurs, let's look at the basic components of an engine. Every engine needs the following. Air, fuel, and spark. And when I'm looking at small engines that won't start, those are the main things to consider from the get-go. The first thing to check is that you have gas and that the fuel is making its way to the engine Gas goes bad in less than six months, they say, and you'll often find that when sit, things sit, especially power sports, the fuel system, especially the tank, needs to be cleaned out and refreshed, and it just gets rusty and grimy in there. But after you're confident that fuel is making it to your carburetor and in the right amount, you'll want to check your spark plug or plugs depending on how many cylinders you have. A V-twin, for example, will have two spark plugs because it's got both sides going. And um, spark plugs are responsible for the bang portion of the 
engine function as they ignite the fuel, creating that controlled explosion, which we can simply refer to as power. If the plugs are clean and actually attached to working, then things get a little more difficult to diagnose from there. I could gab about this for the rest of the episode and maybe I'll do a future one about getting stuff started that's been sitting. But before I get too deep, let's move on to the difference between a two-stroke and a four-stroke. Two-stroke versus four-stroke is an age-old argument and uh, there's definitely advantages to both, but first and foremost, two-strokes sound totally badass and their smell is like heaven. My first experience with one was my friend's beat up old Articat Trailcat snowmobile, and it was rough. Uh, the main difference between a four-stroke and a two-stroke engine, though, is that a four-stroke engine goes through four stages, or two complete revolutions to complete one power stroke, while a two-stroke engine goes through two stages, or one complete revolution, to complete one power s- stroke. And I'm not here to get super technical and try to confuse you rather the opposite so i'll just say that practically two strokes burn oil alongside gas resulting in the exhaust smoke and tasty smell they put out and they make more power in a smaller package generally and they're considered worse for the environment in terms of emissions so those are some of the trade-offs between them uh carbs versus fuel injection is another uh juxtaposition um The last car to be sold in the United States with a carb was a Subaru in 1990, yet carbs are still widely used on power sports. Um, The reason being mostly is that they're cheap and easy to work on. An electric fuel injector, or EFI as it's commonly referred to, works with the other electronics and sensors in a vehicle to supply atomized fuel into a cylinder in just the right amount and at just the right timing. There's a lot more science and engineering to all of what I'm talking about today, and I encourage you to do your own research on whatever setup your vehicle or vehicles have. Everything I own aside from my daily driver Civic is carbureted, so really that's what I know about most. And I know that when you get into an old car with a carb, uh, like my El Camino, just got to pump the gas a few times to supply an excess of fuel for startup. And now we're going to go back to a little feature that I like to do called What's That Engine Audio. And I'm going to play a little clip for you. And a little later in the episode, I'll tell you what power sport that is on and what engine it is. So we'll let that play right now. All right, now that you've heard that engine audio, let's go to the different types of engines. And really, there's two main ones we're going to um, contrast. And this whole time, I've been talking about the traditional piston and cylinder internal combustion engines. But there is another type that approaches the making of power differently, which was developed in the 1950s. It's called the rotary engine, and it's just different. A lot of people don't like them. A lot of people love them, but it's different that in that instead of having reciprocating pistons going up and down, the rotary has a central triangular looking rotor, which orbits a center axis inside of the case. Um, 
it's complex even when I'm looking at pictures of it. So I won't get too deep into that, but uh, I just want to say Mazda is the manufacturer most notable for using rotary engines in their vehicles, like in the RX-7. And I really, I, I just don't know how they work, but that's okay because there are very few to no power sports with this type of power plant. So we'll keep moving along to horsepower versus torque. And a fun fact on that note is that a singular horse can produce up to 15 horsepower as we measure it today. I personally have to wonder if any other animals were considered in this in the beginning, like ox power or pork power would be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, maybe dolphin power or something. But uh, torque is a phenomenon while horsepower is a unit of measurement. They're similar but not the same. Torque is the power output or strength of an engine, and it differs from horsepower being the rate at which work is done. And the simplest way to think about this is if it can make a vehicle go really fast, really quickly, the engine has a lot of horsepower, and if it can pull down a tree or lay some serious burnouts, that's torque, or at least how we're going to talk about it. And... You know, another thing to compare is what's a motor versus what's an engine and some other terminology. There is no such thing as an electric engine, as far as I know. Teslas don't have engines. They have four motors, or up to four motors, which convert electrical power into mechanical, and that's really what a motor does. Uh, so why do we call it a boat motor or even a motorcycle? Well, I grew up with a mechanic as my stepdad, and what he always told me was that an engine is part of a motor, uh, and not the other way around, and that a motor is everything included in the power plant of the machine. And um, really, when you're talking about power sports, you're mostly going to use engine, but people substitute motor for engine commonly, and it's not that big of a deal. CCs versus CIs is the next thing I want to tell you about. A Predator 212 is 212 CCs or cubic centimeters. And a Chevy 350, like what's in my truck, is 350 cubic inches or maybe a little more because it's bored out. But uh, that's CIs. And when you're talking about displacement or overall size of the engine, that's what you're going to consider. And don't mix up cc's and ci's it's a it's, it's a common mistake uh another thing to talk about is air cooled versus liquid cooled uh, in the past a lot of engines were air cooled um but as far as road cars go they're really mostly all liquid cooled uh the part of the engine that deals with this mostly is your radiator it stores and cools the liquid to be circulated throughout the engine but a lot of power sports are still air-cooled, just like my ATV. Everything I have actually uh, below my car is air-cooled, and it's honestly just easier. I mean, liquid-cooled, yeah, they can be for more advanced setups, and all your uh, razors and UTVs like that are probably going to be liquid-cooled, but air-cooled does a good enough job for the most part, especially if you're moving a lot like you tend to do on a power sport. And there's all different types of fuel. Uh, we've been focusing on gasoline, but there's 
like pure ethanol alcohol, which is common in go-kart racing. There's diesel engines. Uh, there's some really cool little diesel go-kart engines that I've been looking at. And, uh, I mean, there's jet engines on go-karts and stuff too. So, really, you're not limited on how to make things go. I'm sure there's hydrogen stuff at any fuel you can think of it's been used in a vehicle including like coal and all that type of stuff so we'll move on to fluids and this right now is your friendly reminder to check your oil motor oil is what lubes up the internals of your engine keeping everything slippery cool and running as it should it's like blood to your body without it you won't last very long at all there's a process known as breaking in an engine that without it, you'll have a pretty rough time. And I'll probably be talking about that in a future episode. It's super important when you get a new crate engine like a 212 from Harbor Freight. And now we're going to answer what's that engine. And it's a Honda 250 off of my ATV. I have a 2000 Recon 250, and you could hear the little electric start there, and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's a really it's a tank of an engine. Honestly, I don't really have to check the oil on it more than once every couple months, and it tends to keep it in there. And they're notorious for being pretty good. I mean, it's a Honda, so that speaks for itself. But we're going to wrap it up now because I have been talking a while here and a lot of uh, terminology and stuff's been thrown at you. Uh, there's so much that can be discussed under the umbrella of engines alone and one could probably do a whole podcast on it. But for the person interested in power sports, hopefully I've given you a baseline from which you can now understand the basics of what an engine is and how they go brap. Now... Before we go, I have a special segment as well called Ask Joe Cart. And Matt from Canton wrote in asking, Dear Joe Cart, I am thinking about putting different tires on the back of my go-kart, but I am curious how the size of them might affect its overall performance. Can you break it down a little bit? Well, thanks Matt for writing in to ask that question. Uh, different tires are going to affect your top speed versus your torque. If you have smaller back tires on your go-kart, you will accelerate more quickly and you will top out more quickly. So your top speed will lower if you lower your tire size. And the opposite, if you raise your tire size, your top speed will raise, but you will be sacrificing torque and your acceleration will decrease. So I hope that helps clear it up for you. I would think that you could probably go a bit bigger on the tires in the back and still have enough torque to get going but it all depends on the application whether you're hill climbing or riding the streets or whatever it is that you do matt but i appreciate you listening and yeah we're gonna look ahead at episode three it's riding tips tricks and techniques thanks for tuning in to the greasy knuckles podcast i'm your host joe cart and keep it greasy